Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast for Monday the 4th of September 2023. Tonight I am joined by Tom Davis. Hello. Simon Crust. I want to suck your blood. And Mark Costello. Oh, yeah, no. I said suck. There's no. <laughs> always one. Yeah. And there's always Simon. Evening all. <laughs> this week, we're going to take a look at uh, Fast X on 4K, The Wicker Man's lavish 50th anniversary 4K set, and Blood and Black Lace in 4K. We're also going to look at um, TV shows. Mark Dacoskis entering Bruce Lee's Warrior Season 3. Uh, the return of Apple's kind of meh invasion. Uh, and a quick update on Star Wars Ahsoka, because I'm the only one enjoying this. Uh, <laughs> we're also going to have a, a quick look at uh, the the very ill-fated The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, and I'm the only one who enjoyed that as well. Um, <laughs> unceremoniously pulled from UK cinemas and landed straight on streaming in the US. I mean, after like a week in the cinemas, and I don't know when anyone's going to ever see it. So off the back of that, we're going to look at our best and worst vampire movies that happened to start Dracula. Dracula um, movies. <laughs> yeah, I just did that for Mark, just to mess with him. You cad. Yes, <laughs> right. And in return, Mark, give us some competition. No! I'm yeah. not. Okay. Right. I'm with Mark uh, on this. So. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, so you can win Fast X on 4K and even better. I mean, there's not a lot better than Fast X. Uh, but even better tonight, uh, you can now win the Second Sight Limited Edition box set. Uh, 4K releases of two absolute bangers, It Follows and Crimes <sighs> of the Future. Uh, plus loads more in what is going to be an it says it literally says here, kids, a bumper September of competitions. Oh. Get ready for that. So everyone, head over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. And as ever, all competitions are open to eligible AV Forums members resident in the UK. Nice. We've got a whole bunch of previous competition winners. Some very happy patrons out there supporter Lotus the land one jackie chan's ride on on blu-ray supporter chickadee simaru one skin and Marink on blu-ray supporter dapper dan 486 one carmen on blu-ray supporter s banger one super mario bros on blu-ray uh supporter nafine one lola on blu-ray and star supporters woody 999 won the lair on blu-ray Big Ben Chunk won May on limited edition Blu-ray box set. Wreck-It nice. Yap won limited edition Evil Dead Rise 4K bundle with, like, I think a T-shirt and a signed thing. And Art cards. Maybe. Maybe. There were also some, like, tiny little e Evil Dead tags in there made of cardboard. I was like, hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> AJP2 won the Cosa Nostra box set on Blu-ray. Oh, um, that's excellent. Yeah, it was it was very nice. And it was open, and I was very tempted to just take all the discs out. <laughs> uh, Count Jedi won Frontiers on limited edition Blu-ray. And Jackie Chan Wigwam won Dungeons and Dragons on Blu-ray. It would be, be remiss of me if I didn't say Chickadee Cymru, because it's Welsh. Oh. Yes, I'm. I mean, it's it's going to happen. I still apparently pronounce um, Killian Murphy Cillian. So, uh, so there you go. So Irish, Welsh, anything that's not English, basically. Yeah, basically anything. I just go straight for it. Fine. Uh, I'm pretty good at Polish, though. If that helps. 
I can I can do Polish. Okay. Where, where we help. where were you last month for my three hour unfinished Polish science fiction film, Kaz? I was telling you not to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's like, where you were. Yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> uh, new patrons: Sebastian Corfanti, uh, Colin McPhee, and DRT. Very enigmatic. Uh, congratulations! Thank you very much for joining your undoubtedly welcome, welcome, welcome. Go and see um, that early access stuff. Right. Let's have some movie reviews and news. There's not really a huge amount going on at the cinema at the moment. It's, uh, it's like there's a strike or something. Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good, is it? It's uh, the, the, What have they said? They've said like five billion it's cost so far i don't know where they're getting these numbers from but yeah apparently it's cost five billion to someone somewhere and um yeah it's getting a bit messy not a great deal to watch uh and one of the things that i I think pretty much everyone here apart from me probably was looking forward to Mm. was uh last voyage of uh the demeter which is um I don't even want to say it's a chapter. It's like some lines from from Bram Stoker's. Yeah, Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula has a a short excerpt from the captain's lock found on a busted up vessel. Briefly, kind of scantily describing what happened on this ship that we all know transported Dracula from Meh to Carfax, London. And uh, obviously everybody died and the ship was busted up. But it's quite an interesting three or four throwaway lines, kind of like, today everything's okay on the ship, we're having fun. Oh, someone's disappeared. I don't know how that happened. And then like day three, saw a figure in the on the galley. Day four, more people have died. This is not looking good. Day five, I've got to chain myself to the wheel and hold a cross. So it's it's like it's pretty simple, you know, bullet point events. And taking that and making an entire movie out of it. I mean, you can see why in Bram Stoker's Dracula, like the, the Coppola's version, they just summed it up by crashing ship, Dracula's arrived. Um, but someone saw the model in Bram Stoker's Dracula and went, ooh, could make a movie out of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think, actually, the the original idea is is great. You know, do it in the style of, like, Alien or do it in the style of The Thing. I mean, a lot of sort of classic, I'm going to say haunted house style movies. Enclosed location. Yeah. And and even if, I mean, everyone knows the outcome of this, who's vaguely familiar with the story or Coppola's version or anything. But you can still make it pretty tense. We'll have a talk about that, won't we? Um, Boy, oh boy. You could still do something with it. You can. Um, you you could. could. They you could have. They could have. Now, I, I think that it that Last Voyage is a missed opportunity in fully capitalizing mm-hmm. on doing that because it isn't the aliens and the thing and all of those things. It it try it tries to go in that direction and introduces a few 
you know alternative viewpoints and characters and beats that obviously weren't there in the scant prose mm -hmm. but um but it doesn't really double down on the crazy and they they could and i, I put it in my review they could have gone anywhere with this because despite sort of knowing the outcome i mean you know much like alien and the thing you know like you, you could have anything happen um and still end in that same seemingly rather dour situation um and i don't think that they fully committed to that but i do think that they got a lot of things right which i haven't seen done in movies like this and i'm i'm not huge into the genre not least the sort of gothic feel the creation of dracula himself as uh, what felt at times i mean at, apart from a cgi fueled finale at times very practical like the slightly slimy um sun denied corpse creeping around on a, on a boat the, in the, the golem the yeah. golem yeah sure let's go with that i mean i liked a lot of the things they did with it and i'm torn between everything i wanted it to be and everything they did manage to achieve out of five lines out of a book so i actually had a fun ride with it and i know i'm not the target audience at all all you guys were um but i i did i did enjoy it and i did wonder to myself after finishing watching it how much more i might have enjoyed it had i been locked away in a dark cinema and just you know there for the duration and then, you know what and, and, oh, man yeah. like I 100% agree with you on everything that you said. I, I think I just liked it less. <laughs> like, yeah. the, um, uh, the first hour of it, I think, is a solid movie. Um, and you were saying, like, they could do anything. They could go crazy. But I was I was kind of pleased that the first, like, that first hour is, like, self-contained, low-key, one-by-one, Dracula picks off the crew. That's what I wanted. That is the movie that I wanted. And it was a bit ropey uh, in parts, but generally it was pretty well put together. And there were a couple of I, moments. I believe the term is charming. Charming. <laughs> and there were a couple of moments <laughs> where I was like, oh, that's good. I wasn't, that, that's good. But they play, they really play to this, like, there's one moment, and I won't spoil it, but you'll know what I mean, where you think, now all bets are off. Now anything can happen. Yes, yes. Sir. And uh, nope, play it as safe as possible for, for, the, for the finale and just have like the super traditional ending. Uh, let's not let's not go super nuts. And let's say yeah. that that point is the crazy see. it's going to get. And we're just going to scale it back from here and just have a weird CGI finale, which is like, what have you done? Like you nearly had a little understated B movie Dracula gem, and you tried to do something really dumb with it, and then you ended it in a horrendously stupid way. And it was a good moment, though. It, it was, was a good. It was a good moment. Yeah, hundred percent. It was a great moment. Okay. Um, but those last like 10 15 minutes i was like flam out this is ridiculous i'm not interested anymore <laughs> it was it's pretty uh yeah it was pretty cg at the end yeah so as also did a couple seen. of things right as far as i'm concerned it looked pretty good yeah nicely cinematic and um, we have that fairly digital sheen that you get with um modern horror films 
um, what immediately struck my mind was um, Evil Dead Rise, how, how glossy it is. And it's kind of glossy in that regard. Mm-hmm. It's very dark, very moody. Um, the introduction of all the weird and wonderful characters that didn't exist in the book, whatever I mentioned. Okay, work and live with that. Sure. Um, the the idea of um, the the child on the boat, I like that. That was good because that gives you some real tension. Um, I loved, loved the monster. I thought he was brilliant. Um, not only because of what it's based on, which we'll come on to later, but because uh, he was a filthy, horrible monster. He was unlike any other Dracula, apart from um, Osiratu that you've ever seen. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but it, um, it kind of, it didn't really know what it wanted to be. Um, it should have been a whodunit. It wasn't. It should have been um, people trapped and trying to fight their way out. It wasn't. Um, it kind of got lost. Everything that you said is exactly what it is, um, and it and it and it and you're quite right. It bailed in the in the last few minutes when you went, "Oh, really? Why did you do that? Why not just blood and splatter everywhere and just have the boat crash?" I mean, come on, it was simple. <laughs> it was written in the book. Just finish it like it should have been in the book. But you know, I um to just to speak to your point about like. The, the monster, I like, I totally agree. Loved and agree with you, Kaz. I love the, the practicality, especially the, like, there's a bit where you see the wing. Mm. Great image. The and prisoner. The, and the, like, uh, rubbery bat fingers yeah, yeah. over the face. Really, really good. That being said, to get from the point where this is going into, like, divergence from the book which which i was super okay with and until i wasn't okay with it which is that by the time this film ends dracula needs to be in a certain place looking a certain way being a certain thing in order for the story of dracula to continue and it doesn't get to that point it in fact it completely yeah. Like goes yes, that, yes, yes, it goes. Do you know what I mean? Up. If you yeah, if you yeah. think back yes, to like yes. Francis Ford Coppola's yes. adaptation, you have like the gentleman Dracula yeah, prancing yeah. around London. No, he had a few days where he just kicked around. <laughs> and he got into one, and they're going to get into that in the sequel. That's not going to happen because this didn't make any money. Yeah, just, you know, he had a couple of days okay. where he just hung over, and he needed, you know, he needed a bit of something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted a showdown between uh, the main character and and um fancy gentleman Dracula being like I've won. Like this yeah. you've, you've yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it should have ended on a you you had some hope and now you've yeah. lost. And yeah, I wanted it, it that kind of like blood and splatter. Yeah. man-to-man confrontation before blood and splatter, exactly like Simon says. And, yeah. and you don't get that. And I I felt a bit like uh, it's 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 poor criticism isn't it to to criticize a film for not being something that it isn't um but that's why i, well, that's I why wanted I had it to, to be something else yeah that's why i had to keep reminding myself that really they did a lot with very very little indeed um well, but we should also remember that george lucas made three films out of one line so it's not without precedent is it yes yeah. <laughs> See, though, the thing is, though, it's uh, and and yes, I haven't seen it, and I'm kind of glad. And shut up, Mark. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Didn't drop twenty five dollars on that. Now. <laughs> but 
You're such a cheapskate, Mark. Uh, yes, I am. Just... Very, very, very <laughs> much so. Uh, but but, but to, to get back to what, what you just said there, Kaz, yes, they may have done a lot with a little, but it's that classic, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And if they could not take this vision of how to do Dracula different and deliver something satisfying, which, let's be frank, for the fans, and why bother? And it, and it I sounds know, but, like but... they I mean, I I can see that. I just felt a bit more apologetic about it because <laughs> you know they gave and and I will say, Mark, for a person who's undertaking all of the possible tangential Stephen King adaptations, I guarantee you're going to watch one of the terrible ones and go, eh, "It was all right." Mark's going to come back in two <laughs> weeks' time, going, "You know what? Thinner is quite a good movie." <laughs> yeah, that's um, Silver Bullet. Don't thumbs up. Silver Bullet is ace, and I will fight <laughs> you. Corey, yeah, maximum Corey overdrive. Come on, in a I, wheelchair. I, 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 I tell you I what, had, though, the first place I'm starting is Return to Salem's Lot. That's where I'm starting. In oh, the yes. tall grass. Oh dear. I mean, uh, no, never I, again. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this. And it's not, I'm not the target audience. Uh, and I do think that it deserved a little bit better treatment than just yeah, not appearing in the UK. Well, well yeah, I, I definitely would have gone to see it in the cinema, 100%. Well, and I let, do, do think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah, but locked away in, in a screen with, with Dracula on a boat. It was. Well, well let, let's be honest. There are two very good reasons why we're not getting it in cinemas, one of which you can kind of maybe understand because it died at the US box office absolutely tanked but the other one which is probably the main one is it got lost in the business restructure what was who was the distributor was it E1 yes i think so, so. it got yeah. lost in that so that, you know I, I i get that a lot of people are going we should have this we should have this in cinemas and i totally agree but i think this isn't a case of a distributor just went Oh, it did crap numbers over there. We're not going to bother. No, no, it isn't. There is no. a legit reason yeah, yeah. why we are not. It's still a crap reason. It is still it, a crap it reason. It is a it's, legit reason yeah, why we're not getting this. It's you not. Can, it's but a, you can you can have it both ways, though, can't you? Because like I, I 100% would have gone to see this in the cinema. It is a real shame that it didn't make it to the cinema here because like like I agree with everything Kaz has said. Like a lot of it is good. A lot of it. I think if I discovered this knowing nothing about it on like Netflix or Amazon, mm. I'd have had a ball. Like I'd have been like, oh, what what a disappointing ending, but what a great like little, you know, digression of Dracula lore. Great. Um it's like Blood Red Sky, the prequel. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ. It's yeah. not, I haven't even it's got into Dracula. Like it's not hint, Dracula's not in that. We're going to have to have a, a recap of this once Mark's seen it in like six months' time. Uh, you mean when I proclaim it a five-star masterpiece? Yes. And, and yes. you're all utterly yeah. insane. Yes, we're going to have to come yes. back to it when I'm even talking negatively about it and you're going, no, it was the greatest thing ever, better than Fast X. Ex ex no. <laughs> yeah, no. The, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's all we got for movies. It's not it. even cinema. We'll um, all movies. So we're going to talk uh, about 4K dicks. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy the podcast on youtube then please like and subscribe if you're listening to the audio version then please leave us a rating on your podcast app we invite you to email questions and feedback to podcast at avforums.com 
and join in with this episode's discussion thread in the podcasts forum at AV Forums. Right, Mark's seen Arrow's Blood and Black Lace in 4K. <laughs> I was going to say many times, but yes, yes, this last one in 4K. Uh, to cut straight to it, it's an absolute belter of a disc. It's a belter of a film on a belter of a disc. Very quickly on the film, for those that don't know, uh, Blood and Black Lace is Mario Barber's 1964. Some say it's a proto-Jallo. It pretty much is your halfway house between a classic 70s Jallo, which hadn't been invented yet, ironically, uh, and the classic late 70s uh, slasher, which, again, hadn't been invented yet. Uh, it took what Hitchcock and uh, Michael What's-His-Face did with Psycho and Peeping Tom uh, Powell uh, and delivered a film that, literally celebrated the kills it was the very one of the very first i don't want to say mainstream films because it, it wasn't too mainstream but it was one of the first films that really focused on the set piece deaths those were the star of the film it wasn't the killer itself like peeping tom and psycho it wasn't a particular uh, protagonist a final girl if you like it was literally Kill, 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 kill. Uh, but what was different about this is Barber almost said, I'm going to take that exploitation structure, but paint it in the most beautiful aesthetics you can see. The nearest film visually, I think, to this that I can think of is Dario Argento's Suspiria. Uh, huge amounts of primary lush colours are just there just because it looks great for no other reason. Uh, and for that... The film still really holds up. The set pieces are absolutely exquisite. They're not overtly bloody or gory, but they are beautiful as well as they are almost uncomfortable because he shoots, the camera almost goes right up into the face of the girl as as, as she's dying. Uh, and it's 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 almost that that mix of, you enjoyed all that stuff now? Yeah, well, well try and enjoy this, I dare you. Uh, so the film is is absolutely brilliant. The disc. So we'll get the bad out of the way first. Uh, Arrow have unfortunately fallen into their old habits of just recycling the extras from their previous 1080p version here. So there are no new extras on this disc. In fact, it's actually lost an extra from the 2015 previous version of it, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, I mean... For those that didn't have that disc or don't have that disc, uh, who are coming to this for the first time, the extras on it are actually pretty good. Uh, you've got uh, uh, an audio commentary by Mario Barber's biographer, Tim Lucas. You've got a really good documentary called Psychoanalysis, which looks at the evolution of the Jallo to the slasher with blood and black lace slap bang in the middle of it with you know, critics, filmmakers. You've got Argento on it, Lamberto Barber's on it. Uh, and then you've got a really interesting appreciation by the filmmakers behind Amer and the Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, Helen Catet and Bruno Fozzani. They've done a they've come at it from a this is what we took from this into our films. And it was a much more thematic exploration of what was so good about it. Absolutely. It was only 11 minutes, but it's probably the one extra that I'd watch on that. Uh, 
the audio tracks are again exactly as they were on the previous ones there's nothing really to write home about an italian lpcm mono track and an english lpcm mono track again you take your pick with both of them half the actors spoke english half the actors spoke italian it don't matter which one you pick someone's going to be doing this half the time but the tracks are pretty good uh, obviously there's slight sync issues because they were all both of them were post-dubbed anyway but it's it's not obnoxious uh and the the, the sort of the, the tonal characteristics of both tracks are broadly similar so it really is you, you, whichever one you want that, that that's the one to go with the reason we come to this in 4k though is those visuals for a film that is so heavily reliant on its amazing visuals they had better have got this 4k transfer right and boy did they now unfortunately uh, there are many great things about writing these kind of reviews for AV forums. We get discs sent to us for free. However, the problem with that is we only get the disc. We don't get anything else. So where we, if we got a booklet, we'd have been told a little bit about the restoration that took place on this. We don't know anything at all about what restoration was done on this. I've had a look on the internet. There's nothing anywhere other than Arrow themselves say they've done a new 4K restoration. However, frankly, I don't care what they did. Because it looks absolutely amazing. Absolutely. It's sumptuous. Now, I came into this thinking that the, the, the biggest win here is going to be the Dolby Vision HDR10, uh, the wide color gamut. And it is. But I was surprised at the uptick in the, in the detail levels here. It's absolutely gorgeous. Now, obviously, he, he, he shot spherical. So it's 1.85 to 1 in this one. Now, the previous Arrow release was shot in 1.66. According to various sources, both were shown theatrically, but I think a number of people who had the previous disc and saw the 1.66 to 1 framing complained that the framing just didn't look right. That's just gone. This is now 1.85 to 1. There's no other option on this. That's what you've got. And it looks amazing. Uh, the fine detail is, is, is absolutely brilliant. It, it's got that look, which when you've seen a number of 30, you know, good, solid restorations of 35 mil, you know what sharp looks like without being digital sharp. It's filmic sharp. And that's what this is. It's absolutely gorgeous. The grain, perfect. It's incredibly fine, but it's even. The compression is magnificent. So there's no problems there. And then you stick the Dolby Vision and that gorgeous wide color gamut on top. And frankly, if, if anyone even so much has thought this film was pretty good, you owe it to yourself to get this disc because it will never look as good as it does here. It's an absolute blinder. Can't say any more than that. Brilliant film, brilliant disc. Go and buy it. Six okay. out of ten, right? Sorry? Six out of ten, right? Uh, well, seven out, seven out of ten is <laughs> average, remember? Yeah, uh, that's true. So yes, it's it's a it's a great release. It's 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 one of Arrow's one discers, I think. I think it's a one disker. Uh, there's no uh, 1080p release. This is just the one disc. Uh, but I think the set does have the usual. It's got the booklet. It's got the poster. It's got the art cards, and of course, dependent on whether or not you like the new artwork or the old classic artwork, you've got the choice there. I personally have pre-ordered the art original version direct from Arrow. Can't wait for that to show up. Uh, but yeah, everyone go and buy this. It's amazing. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, an, another all-time gem from Simon with uh, Wicker Man. 
which I think oh. you've been looking forward to for like forever. Uh, well, since it was first announced at the beginning of the year, whenever it was, yeah. Um, quite simply, one of the uh, greatest British horror films, one of the greatest British films, one of the greatest films indeed ever put on celluloid and the way it was treated by its distributor um, was shocking. And uh, that's part of the mythos of the film of why it's, it's has become quite so cult because <clears throat> everyone wanted to see the famed directors or the extended versions. And uh, it took a few years, but now we have got three versions of this quite remarkable film, The Wicker Man. Um, yep, starring Christopher Lee, he of the Dracula Fangs, whom we will probably be talking about a little bit later in what he um, referred to as his best role ever. Um, and you can probably, and you can see why, you know, he is absolutely magnificent in it. Um, a smiling, happy, jolly person that runs the island uh, and is quite happy to murder for it. He's uh, absolutely superb in it. And then you've got Edward Woodward as the, uh, or Iwa Wuwa, if you take out all the Ds <laughs> in his name, uh, as the uh, policeman um, who has the... Uh, comes to the island to try and find a lost girl and finds himself inevitably drawn instricably all the way towards the wicker man of the finale in what is just one of the best endings of a film quite possibly ever uh, it's a brilliant brilliant film um and we are fortunate with this uh, 50 50th anniversary to have all three films all been rescanned all been remastered on 4k with dolby vision just remarkable the set comes with two blu-rays which is the same uh disc i haven't seen the blu-rays but they are uh, they're exactly the same as the uhds and it also comes with a cd of the music not the original stuff unfortunately but you know it's still very good it's still got all the songs and stuff on it plus all those weird and wonderful art cards and posters and packagings and books and booklets and everything none of which we've seen of course but nevertheless it is still a fabulous film. So which order would you like the films spoken about? <laughs> Your favourite cut. My favourite cut. Okay, my favourite cut is the um, director's cut, which is probably the worst worst picture of them all because um, the uh, nine, let me say, yeah, 90% of the film is, is uh, 35mm original negative undertaken by uh, Silver Salt Restorations in the UK. Um Fantastic what they've done here. Uh, Studio Canal, absolutely brilliant. For the director's cut, all the added bits come from a video source because that's all they could find. Um, and that looks pretty bloody terrible. Got, there's no mince, there's no mince of words here. It looks like an upscale video done 4K. I mean, that's what it looks like. It's soft, it's horrible, it's washed out, it's nasty. But it's the only way you're ever going to see it. And amazingly, it actually looks better than it has on previous Blu-rays. Um, they did was it a 40th? They did. I can't remember. I had a I had a uh, still book upstairs with with the, with the same cuts of the film, um, and it looks better than that, which is remarkable considering it is you know video. But the worst bit about that, of course, is when you when you're putting it right next to. Uh, you've got this a cut that goes straight to the 35 mil part, and the, the difference is is jarring. So you know you can't miss it. And because the director's got has got little bits snipped in and out, unlike the full, the final version, which doesn't. It's only got the bits at the beginning. Um, the director's got a little bit snippets so th dotted throughout the film, so it's quite obvious where it where it is, and it really stands out. But it's you know you, you, I can live with that. I've lived with it for ten years, 
15 years how long has the director been out i can't remember how long it's been out now but i've lived with it for that long and it looks its best now so i'm very very happy with the picture on that one the final cut which is what um was given all the love when it was first discovered about i don't know when was i can't remember when it was 10 years ago um that's been given a lot of love again um looks very very good the uh very dark at the beginning when it starts off with this stuff in the church um because that's taken from a, a very poor source um again better than it did do before and all the uh the, the second night the gentle johnny song and all the other little bits and bobs that were uh taken out of the theatrical version that looks better again um still not as good as the original scan negative because it was taken from an interpositive but it still looks good better than it did before and it's not quite as jarring as the video stuff okay so Yes, very happy with the final cut. And then you've got the theatrical cut, which I don't know who watches that anymore. Um, I mean, it's got, it's still, it still has got something to it. You know, it's still, it's still a good film. It's still, um, it's still got the essence of the story there, but it doesn't quite have the power and resonance that the, that the final and directors have because it misses that first night. Yeah, it misses the first night. So he's, he's only there for one night, the guy. So it, doesn't quite have the, the the resonance or the power nevertheless it's still got something you know and of course you've got the best picture there because it's it's taken from a um, 35 millimeter original scan of the original negative so that looks best and, and it looks really really good you know detail is fantastic color looks good looks very natural the the oranges when the thing's on fire when the sun's coming up in the morning and the sun is beaming on it it looks, it looks really good no black crush fabulous very very enjoyable and of course, you've got a whole raft of extras on it as well. It being the 50th anniversary, unfortunately, nothing new on it. Um, but it's still a whole everything you could ever want to know about anything. Um, all packaged up in this lush, great big fat package. Oh, I want it. Um, <laughs> Pop yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old, big old book full of all sorts of bits and bobs. Um, and a CD of the music as well. Uh, it's it's a, it's a fantastic package from Studio Canal. Um, none of the, um, you know, picture issues that you would uh, that they have been known for in the past um not that i could discern anyway um no i was very very pleased with it yeah that so was... once again um they've done the uh done the release proud i think done the release proud they could have gone the whole hog though and thrown in the not the bees version they should have done oh. that <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. in yeah, 4k I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what if we did such a thing as the end of year best releases, this year would be a very, very, very tricky really. one. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad we don't do such a thing. We will now. Thanks, we, Mark. Uh, we do. <laughs> we do it every year. But you've just nominated yourself, Mark. So no. Nope. The the <laughs> okay then. <laughs> past past X. Oh uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> yes. What can I say? It's had a lavish. 40th anniversary restoration. It looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Got the original camera negative. <laughs> cleaned it up. Uh, they've, re they've reinstated the subtitle. Mo Mo yeah. a Mo problem. <laughs> um, I think you know, I think we should say that both the reviews that um, Mark and I have spoke about tonight are on early access, so you can already read them on site if you are a patron. Yes, you can. They're they're up early. They won't be they won't be live for a minute because they're both. They're both early releases, and we're actually hoping to get our hands on a physical Wicker Man set. Well, I bet from from his gestures, Simon is. But but yeah, we're we're hoping to also do that. Maybe a live unboxing in the future. 
Oh, we do have an unboxing. <laughs> no, no, we, you do, Sam. I do like an unboxing. You do. <laughs> no <laughs> one else does. But but back to sorry, yes. I gave you the perfect scene. You did, you did. Perfect segue and look at you. Off. So look, fast X. You can't really say a great deal uh in terms of what to expect on any level with this movie or this disc. <laughs> because honestly, Fast X is just another Fast and Furious film. I'm a big apologist for the series. I very much enjoy it. I enjoy taking the kids through them. I persuaded the wife to watch them. We all enjoy them. And the other day, the daughter said she wanted to start them all again from the beginning. That's not bad for an 11 film run. Uh, I find them absolute enjoyable nonsense uh, with ridiculous soap, TV soap levels of character development. But it still works. It's still enough for this nonsense saga. Um, I like the over-the-topness, I like the action, I, I like the ridiculous take-themselves-seriously characters, and the ensemble of stars they got on board is just fantastic. Statham, The Rock, you know, they, they get everybody in to this insane nonsense journey, um, and I love it. I would say, a bit disappointed with the last one, I know I'm probably in the relative minority, but I can I can make time for almost all of the others but this one i just found was distinctly a movie a fast and furious movie that that clearly was probably five hours long that rather than they trimmed it to like two hours and released it they went oh we'll just cut it in half at the two and a half hour mark and we'll release one this year and then we'll release another in three years time Uh, i i didn't find that very satisfying even at fast and furious levels um momoa's great addition almost all the others are like larson and jack reacher terrible terrible cardboard cutout additions and it, it, it has to speak to something that at any time when um jason Momoa's villain or vin diesel's dom weren't on the screen it vin was diesel's what dom oh dom dom not don um <laughs> ah. Any time when those two people weren't on the screen was just bargain basement. You know, like go to a London internet cafe, bargain basement, B-roll footage that just should have never, ever, ever made the cuts. But then how else was Pete Davidson going to get in it? Oh, my God, just don't even. Honestly, come on, Kaz. Terrible scene. Such a terrible scene. (laughs) Um, I'm warming to Pete Davidson. (laughs) <laughs> I used to I used to hate him, but like I've seen him in enough stuff now to be like, oh, he's not he's not a waste of space. He is in this. He's Yay! never, he, he's he never the worst thing on screen at, at any one time. I mean, that's true. I mean, he managed to make the the people in the Fast and Furious film look even worse. <laughs> I mean, he managed to make me miss Vin Diesel. It was it was a fantastic job. Well done, Pete. So uh, it is an interesting disc because. There's no surprises. It looks and sounds fantastic. Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos. I mean, it's a brand new release. A lot of money they put in it. And you can see it up there on the screen. It's a you know proper demo disc. There's nothing to, nothing to surprise you there. But I would say, as a big fan of the saga, I've been kind of used to my extended cuts on the disc. And there are some extras on this, but there's no extra cut there. I'm guessing maybe it's because they literally put everything in there. 
even the stuff that should have been cut. You've just moaned <laughs> about all the B-roll filler in it. Yeah, and now do... you say I wanted more B-roll Because you know filler what? The extended it. cuts almost yeah, 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 universally yeah. across the board are slightly Terrible. harder, slightly harder cuts with at least five more headbutts. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's, I've just been used to that. You know, even when they stuck uh, one on digital, um, it's a good set. And if you like the films, you're going to get it. I, I would say that, the again, if you're going to consistently buy them on Steelbook, then I guess you would have no surprises here. But I would say it was a tiny little bugbear of mine that the Fast X Steelbook said 10 on it. It's yeah, just... but they they've they've been messing up the naming in the UK of the of the Fafu yes, movies they have. Like, for ages, like since since five, right? I know, I know. They've called it everyone. There's like Fast Five, and then there's the Fate of the Furious, and then there's yeah, the Fast... yeah. There's lo- loads of different names. You never you never get that in, you in never... the UK. You always get the number. Yeah, but even in the UK, they call it Fast X. It's like just put an X on there. Anyway, <laughs> yes, there. So that's that's Fast X. Boom. Um, right. Mark, Shout tell us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tell us what's coming out. Uh, ooh, lots. I'm about to do this in record time so we can have our Drac chat. Uh, starting over the water in the states, we have the ace Walter Matthau crime flick, uh, Charlie Varick. Uh, that's been announced by Kino as they tend to do, and then not actually release it for about another two years. Uh, but it's a good sign that Indicator have that over here. So fingers crossed, we get an Indicator 4K out of that. That'd be good. Uh, the rubbish Death Wish film, take your pick, there's so many. But the really rubbish Death Wish film starring Bruce Willis oh, uh, from a few years ago, that's why? also coming out in November. I don't know. I mean, I think I think Kino put out the first Bronson Death Wish, uh, but now they've skipped straight from the first of that to Willis's ad. I don't know. Uh, however, more importantly, given the time of year, yes, those Halloween announcements have started to come through in droves, one of which we've already mentioned. Uh, Screen Factory are indeed putting out the Batty Stephen King adaptation Silver Bullet on 4K on the 21st of November. Uh, They're also bringing Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, out on the 7th. And even better, the Trash to Peace 1988's Night of the Demons on October the 3rd. Uh, However, Paramount have skipped Halloween and they've gone straight to Christmas. So they've they've already announced Trading Places and Scrooged is coming sometime in November. we should expect those over here as well. Uh, and at the and at this moment in time, Disney are just confusing everyone. You know, one minute they're pulling all 4K out of Australia. The next minute they're suddenly announcing uh, re- releases of their Disney Plus cash cows, The Mandalorian, Loki and WandaVision. Who knows what's going on in uh, uh, Disney's head when it comes to their 4K releases. Uh, Arrow, though, they know what's what. And Arrow US, the swipe swines, have announced Barbarella on November 28th. <laughs> we don't get that. No, but our Yankee cousins do. The swines. But anyway, just go over to the uh, US Arrow shop and order it anyway. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, and yes, I, I did write it like this on purpose. Meg to the stench. Very funny, Mark. <laughs> do, do Very funny. Oh, you should be a writer. Uh, I, I, I should. Uh, it's coming out uh, on 4K in the US on October 24th. So you might expect that some similar time over here. Uh, but now, setting foot back in Blighty, 
uh, the previously announced Batman Mask of the Phantasm 4K, which was a HMV exclusive steelbook, which is out a week today, kids, is actually getting a standard non-exclusive edition coming everywhere on the 23rd of October. Nice. Uh, Arrow UK are indeed bringing us the baffling 4K release of Tremors 2. Hey, I'm going to get it. I'm having it. I love I love me some graboids. Uh, it's, it's a strange one. And even more so, they've made the actual packaging look exactly the same as the yeah. packaging no, of the first film. It's green, isn't it? it is no, that, green. That, that's the Arrow exclusive oh, okay. version yeah, is yeah. green. Oh, <laughs> but oh, is, it, is it the other way around? I can't remember. One of them looks exactly like Adam. The other one's green. Uh, <laughs> they, now, for all those who go... We never get any of those lovely Kino releases over here in 4K. We never get any of them. Well, tush and piffle, I say to you, and I jab my finger in your face while I tell you that Ridley Scott's Hannibal is making its way over here on the 23rd of October. I mean, oh, granted, Kino put it out three years ago over in the States, but it's finally coming. Uh, so let's hope it actually looks as good as that one because it's a pretty great disc. Uh, and finally... Because it's my piece, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to end on a grump. Just, you know, because I can. Universal Swines. Them, again, who are rapidly becoming the worst studio for 4K releases, have gone and done it again. After my little rant last week or the week before, whenever we did the last podcast, they're at it again. They've just announced a 4K disc of the Black Phone, Scott Derrickson's Horror, which is... At least, I think that's nine months since their 1080p release. But even worse, Cocaine Bear. Now now you'll all know about my rant about the UK version of Cocaine Bear. (laughs) I couldn't even forget. What have they gone and done? US release complete with the Atmos track that we didn't (laughs) get on our 4K release over here. I mean... Maybe they heard you. Well... I, I, I doubt it because yet again, as was proven today, of all things, they, they seem to just be away with the fairies. Their US release of Promising Young Woman was announced, much trumpeted with a brand new Atmos track. And you go to the menu on it, it says Atmos, it's Dolby Digital 5.1. It's not on the disc. Everyone's up in arms about it. So well done, Universal. You truly are crap. But please keep sending us discs. Uh, that's about it. I'd best probably stop there before I annoy every one of our supporters. So that's it. 4K news. I've at it. Nice. Next up, it's streaming and TV show news. If you'd like to support the AV Forums podcast on a regular basis, then why not become a patron? Head over to patreon.com forward slash AV Forums to sign up. You can also make a one-off donation through the Super Chat or via streamlabs.com forward slash avforums. All donations help us to improve the website and the podcasts. Thank you to all our supporters. Right, Bruce Lee's Warrior Season 3 just dropped on Sky with the addition of uh, Mark Tocascus. Yeah, not many people have, apparently. But when when we did the interview with Mark Tocascus, I noticed that he appeared in the trailer for Warrior Season 3, which has had a massive two-year hiatus since Season 2. And he seemed quite coy about talking about it, but also very excited about it. I've seen the first four episodes, and uh, it's the best from we've had from Dukoskis, apart from John Wick 3 in, in like years. It's a lot of fun seeing him join the cast. 
for those who don't know warrior and i call it bruce lee's warrior because it is a cinemax now max tv show uh by show run by the guy who show ran banshee which no one's heard of but is oh, great show. phenomenal yeah it's great. great and it's like it's great like you should go out and watch it right now mark great yeah it's so good. It's yeah. so oh, good. Oh, well, that, lots of punching. With that it recommendation. Is, it is phenomenally gratuitous, Mark. Yeah, so, in all senses. Yes. So it. you would love it, Mark. <laughs> anyway, um, it's the people who did that. And they did Warrior, which it was an un... It came from a number of different Bruce Lee ideas. Uh, he um, he scripted something that he wanted to come into this and he wanted to do his uh, Kung Fu show and a lot of the themes and ideas he had back then all pulled into this but what's even better is they've got the main guy uh, Andrew Koji and he absolutely does phenomenal uh, impression of Bruce Lee in terms of fighting and mannerisms he's obviously not acting like lee throughout the whole thing he's his own character but when he takes the stage and like comes up and fights a bunch of people he's right there he's 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 pulling off all of the moves that you would love to have seen bruce lee do in an ongoing tv show and for those who've not jumped on this yet watch the first few minutes of season three it won't spoil anything for you on previous seasons just watch the first few minutes and it's like some of the greatest Bruce Lee that doesn't start Bruce Lee you've ever seen. And it, it should be enough that you'll go back and watch the whole thing from the start. You've it's convinced a, me. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I also checked back. Banshee convinced me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for those <laughs> who love Banshee, there's, there's a lot of lot of all of that in this. <laughs> it's, it's, it does not hold back. Um, Apple's Invasion. I I forgot almost everything about this to the point where I had to go back and read my review of the opening episodes of the first season, even though I'd watched the whole of the first season and I read in it something about how this show better improve. I mean, it it really didn't. It was, it was like a five or a six straight down the line all the way through. And then I find myself at the end of season one going, Oh, this show better improve in season two. Uh, you know i've started season two it's kind of like a five and six straight down the line i mean i'm watching it so it must be doing something but it's almost irritatingly average and and it's it's apple there's a lot of money up there on screen but it's irritating the average it is there's no way anyone would ever ever recommend this show it's so weird that they've thrown this much money into just a very TV show, sci-fi TV show, big budget, lots of creatures and all kinds of stuff going on. Man, I'm having exactly the same experience with Wheel of Time by the by the sounds of yes, it. Which yes. Season season two, just the first three hours of it appeared at the end of last week. And uh having mildly enjoyed the first season, sort of like same thing, like thinking, uh, uh, it's got space to improve when when it settles in. No. <laughs> it's like it's insane. like you know, in you know, when you're watching the two towers and you're like, I'm I'm more interested in this storyline, but I understand that this storyline has to happen parallel. Yeah. It's doing that, but it's all I wish I was watching the other storyline, like <laughs> all the way all the way through. <laughs> yeah. God. 
So, so, just so, wait, so what you're waiting. saying, Tom, is it's almost as good as the two towers, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's it's almost as good as just watching the boiler mash and put them in a stew bit over. You would be sold on that, Mark. I mean, I'm telling <laughs> yes, you about something great that you could watch. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Um, Ahsoka, come on, come at me. It's fine. Okay. It's all right. Yeah, it's, it's... it is totally fine. Thunder- um, thunderously tolerable. Episode oh one, God. I think, was uh, a super, like, it got in there, man. Like, it, it didn't waste any time in telling some story, which is really good, um, considering, I think I put in the review, like, considering it's Dave Filoni, scripted and directed, and like Clone Wars and some of Rebels to extent, notorious for just mucking around for a bit. And ah- Ahsoka didn't do that at all for the first like yeah. one and a half episodes, two episodes really. Like because you you went straight to the the um, base on the shipyard, sorry, on Corellia. And although it was like dubiously consequential, like why does this matter? It was still fun to watch. Um, and then season no, then episode three dropped, and the whole episode was, what what am I meant to be? What am I meant to be getting out of this? Like the the episode passed, and I I turned to my wife and said, nothing happened. Oh my <laughs> nothing god, nothing. I'm actually happened. really enjoying this. So right? so many no gags there about Tom's wife no turning tale. to him saying nothing's happened. So many. <laughs> yeah, I watched. I watched the. Uh, I've been I've been trying to trying to get through Rebels, um, and it wasn't going to happen. So I started watching Ahsoka with the kids, and um, two episodes in, we went. You know what? We're going to do it, and we'd watch the Rebels recap, the half an hour spoil every episode of Rebels, tell you everyone is going to die or get hurt and get blind or whatever. I've seen that actually. We watch watch it all, and it helps a lot with Ahsoka. Yeah. It really, really helps. Uh, but then we've just put a pause in Ahsoka. Uh, we watched the third episode, but we've gone back and we've nailed the first season and a half of um, of Rebels and are really loving it. But uh, me and the family, we're really enjoying Ahsoka. It's it's not... I mean, we, I, we've got almost no complaints with it. I like the nods to her as a character and the stuff she does as a Jedi, which is just too outlandish in the hands of a lot of other characters. But seems to work. I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside and stand on them. There was a lot of like space. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, that was fun. You know, I'm gonna smash through the glass with my twin lightsabers and land below. I mean, it's it's like someone who wrote and directed some of the animation before <laughs> took some of those scenes and made them live. It's good showy mm-hmm. nonsense that stuff for sure. I don't yeah. mind that at all. But it, we... it's just the fact that like, so the first two episodes like rely heavily on just being like sticking to star wars formula to like keep you up to speed with like you might you might not know these characters but you will know roughly the direction of what's going on because it's all very star warsy um and episode three went like way too hard on that stuff where it's like remember this bit of star wars remember this bit of star yeah i do you don't need to do this every two seconds like i'm i'm up to speed now and i'm sure everyone is up to speed now we don't need the blaster training, particularly. We don't need the space dogfight. As well done as it was, like, we don't need to see Sabine going, yeah, great shot, kid. That was one of them. No, we don't need that. Like, 
Oh man, I loved it. I really enjoyed all of that. I really it's only like 30 minutes. A lot yeah. of entertainment here. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, because I, I, I agree with Kaz and I agree with you what you're exactly what you're saying there, Tom. But I mean I'm thinking about it um before we come on air, and I'm thinking, well, what do we actually want from a, a, a Star Wars show now? Oh, you man, know, we we, are complain. we so jaded and so yeah. hurt by what's come before? We don't really know what we want anymore. Because I, I don't really know. Because I'm no, uh, not at all, man. Like I don't because like I I'm I'm happy. Do we want more more um um Andor? I mean, that was fantastic. No, you, you don't could want take Star Wars name Andor. out of that, couldn't you? Yeah, you don't want, but you don't want everything to be Andor. And like. I've I've gone on record before saying like I am a person who likes Star Wars to to the extent where I will even say I get enjoyment from Rise of Skywalker and I get enjoyment from The Phantom Menace like I I recognize that they are not good pieces of entertainment in a lot of ways but I feel warmly towards yeah. them and I would say that is true for all of us. So I will go out on a limb and I will defend Star Wars to be like, it doesn't matter what you expect of it, it is what it is. And if you don't like it, then fine, that's okay. I, I'm i enjoying it. But even with Ahsoka, I'm a bit like, I feel I feel a bit like you're you're testing my patience now. You're mm. testing me a little bit as to as to what I will just go along with because I, it's because it's Star Wars stuff. Yeah. I I mean I I, I agree to it. I think the, the Star Wars I've enjoyed most in recent years, and granted I, I haven't made it through Andor yet, so it might be that. And eventually <sighs> I will. I will. Right. But He's got the, no voice but the uh the Star Wars visions, you know the, oh, yeah. the, the yeah, yeah. animated anthology. Yeah. Do you know what? Live act live action some of that crap. That'll do me. I want mm. Star Wars. I want different in the Star Wars world. You know, I want, you know, uh, Andor was, you know, a political espionage thriller. Do you know what? Give me a Star Wars rom-com. Do you know what? Give me a... But you uh, won't watch Star that either if you yeah. haven't watched the Andor. <laughs> yeah, but I will. You know, mm -hmm. give, me, give me a Star Wars noir. Give me a Star Wars horror film, a proper full-throated horror. You know, do something different in the Star Wars universe. I think the problem is, and we're, the reason why I think some of us are getting burned out by it, is it is recognisably the same narrative in a different dressing, in the same world, in different dressing, and it is beginning to feel a little bit samey. I think, like, like with most of us, we, it's probably a lot easier for us to describe what we don't want than what we want. Whether or not you're going to choose a sofa or anything like that, it's a lot easier. No, a sofa. Like, I, a sofa. <laughs> 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 I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Well, tell me what you do like. I don't know. You know, so it's a lot easier to sort of yeah, know what you don't I mean, like. And, and I think that, that, that's what Star Wars problem is. It is caught between how do we keep the rabid fanboys happy who want more of what we've had versus you know a few of those idiots like that market just, who goes and wants something completely different. I just wish more of the rabid fanboys were like me. It's like defend all of Star Wars to the death because it's Star Wars rather than defend only the original trilogy to the death because they grew up with it. It's like no, just if you really like it, then get on board and and I'd say that this about Ahsoka is that I don't hate it at all. And as I say, I get enjoyment out of watching Star Wars. I'm getting enjoyment out of Ahsoka. Um, I just thought it was going to be better than it is, I think, is is my complaint of, after the third episode. I reckon we're going to bosh the rest of Rebels before Do and it. then watch the, watch the last few of Ahsoka mm. and then look forward to 
the big Thrawn crossover, whatever. Yeah. They've got lined up with, you know, the other, what is it, Mando and Boba and everything. And then they'll make a Chopper spin-off and everyone will watch it and love it. Chopper's great. Anyway, enjoyed it. And and that's it. We've run out of time. <laughs> what about Draclia? I know, I'm joking. Um, right. So, Dracula. Dracula. We have like five minutes to talk. Oh, no, we are actually out of time. Let's um, let's we can do it quick. We, we, we gotta... have to do something because it's all over the pictures. It is all over. I mean, it's just pictures of Dracula. I mean, it's just this. <laughs> This is this is it. Um, best and worst. Best and well, worst. There is Come no on, contest. Tom, keep... I'll go first. The best okay, is so. right there. That is the best. End of story. There is nothing better. Oh, Apart good. from okay. maybe so that, that's also quite good. Is, is, is Next exactly time. And then that one, that one there, that's also quite good as well. How how have you not put up a picture of Francis Ford Coppola's brand so Because it's showy nonsense. You've, that's You've why. gone wrong, Simon. It, that is it, one it, of the ah, best films ever made. Nah, is is Nosferatu actually Dracula? No, no, no it's Sherlock. Sure. Sure. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, un, I mean, un, un, uh, unauthorized yeah. uh, adaptation. Free adaptation is what they call it in the, on the, in the credits. Basically, they took the story, changed <laughs> it. Wasn't that free in the end, was it? Although, <laughs> although I have to say that they put in this film stuff that wasn't in the book and has become part of cinematic law and that is that sunlight kills a vampire before this film it never did so have that that's good and also it's got the super fun um like little side quest movie shadow the vampire (laughs) which is so much fun and uh willem dafoe right yeah so much fun it is a great fun film actually yes Based so, uh, on, if anyone doesn't know what that is, based on uh, the making of Nosferatu mm-hmm. in that uh, Max Freck was a real vampire. And if you see the um, Nosferatu, then yes, he actually does look like a Nosferatu. And, you know, the ramifications of this film run through horror to today. It's a classic and it's brilliant and everyone should watch it. Any any horror fan should watch that. Robert so, Eggers' version is going to be better. So so that's your worst, Simon. <laughs> so what's your best? Uh, um, Dracula in, in the uh, season opener for Buffy. Hey, I come on, that's that... terrible Dracula. I loved Buffy Dracula, that was oh, so good. Dracula, Buffy he was season so... one, he was, was super sexy though, right? <laughs> he had season... very nice um, hair. Um, he was season one of Buffy. Was you could you could believe that he could enthrall people <laughs> oh, <what>? just because <laughs> you oh, eat spiders. Ass. Just, uh... Oh come on, love, love for Dracula and Buffy. That was a good episode. No, no. What? Mark, your worst. <laughs> uh, my worst. Don't say it's also your best. No, I won't. Uh, I'm going with Dario Argento's Dracula 3D. Yes, no, that's terrible. Utterly terrible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, we we're used to our our horror legends having the odd blip. You know, John, John Carpenter gave us Ghosts of Mars. I've got time for Ghosts of Mars. I was going Memoir of the Invisible Man, but okay. Uh, yeah. Wes, Wes Craven gave us Cursed, Vampire in Brooklyn. He, okay, Wes Craven gave us a lot. Oh, uh, nice. You know, uh, but Dario Argento, who gave us, you know, Tenebrae, Suspiria, Bird of the Crystal Plumage, he gave us Dracula 3D, which makes jaws 3d look like a passable 3d thing. i think i think the phrase is with dario argento he fell off 
Oh, <laughs> he oh, seriously oh fell off. It was, it was so. I mean, Thomas Kretschmann is a good actor. Rutger Hauer is ace. How he made them so bad is is unbelievable. So yeah, it's, yes, it's almost unwatchable. It's it is. Yeah, I I I will cut Dario Argento an awful lot of slack. For yeah. an awful lot of things. Yeah. A because he's Italian and B because he's Italian. Yeah. Uh, but that is it, it is the lowest scored film I've been able to put on my letterboxed account. And it is dropped. It's the order. Wow. And best. Yes. Uh well, I'm I'm doing something slightly different. I'm going with the best worst Dracula. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. And, I, and I'm gonna steal this from Tom as well. No, no, I'm, don't. I, <laughs> It's gonna be the one we talk. Well, do you want to keep that one then? Yeah, right, I want to keep, keep that, that one. one. All right, right. One. Tom, Tom will give you the best worst. But Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula is, yeah. I agree with Tom. It's one of the best. It, it, it's Hammer updated as as if they'd never been away. It's, it's like utterly it's, flawless. It's the but cinema. Neither. It's the history of cinema in a movie, and it's just incredible. It's it's. Like it is a movie that I am always in the mood to watch. Yes. So this Amazing. is your best as well, Tom. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, no, no argument. Your but, worst. Oh man, but best worst is by country mile, Dracula two thousand, because <laughs> Gerald Virgin, Butler, Virgin Megastore, the movie. <laughs> absolutely. But do you know what? It it is absolute trash. But it gives a bit of Dracula lore that. Just love it. clicks. Love just, it. Like the end of the movie, you're just like, yes. Why? <laughs> why didn't I think of that before? And I, I shall I give away love the it. twist? Yeah, it's give it away. Yeah, give yeah. it away. I haven't seen it's it. Ace. Don't do it. I'm going to go amazing. watch this off the no, give it the away. Worst recommendation because it, like, it explains. La, 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 la. I won't, I won't spoil it for you, Cas. But it explains every piece of Dracula lore in one line, and you go. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, yes. It's so terrible, but it so redeems brilliant. the entire movie almost. But it doesn't because the movie is the movie. So yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, but don't so forget, it, it's the movie that gave us Jerry Butler. I know. I'm no Dracula two thousand. No Jerry Butler. Devs. Yeah. That yeah. simple. Mm. So it's definitely go check it out. Trash. I mean, yeah. it, 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 both Tom and Mark have said Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I have to agree. Oh, shut it's, up! You. It's just <laughs> what's it's the just matter with you? All these Dracula films, and three epic. of you pick the same one. Yeah, yeah. I can't. But, so I'm going to go what's with wrong, two other. What, what two other wrong with the original Hammer in, Dracula, in a, in 1958. A similar, in a similar vein to to Mark, I'm going to go with. Uh, to two messier choices we're going to go with the 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 worst worst dracula being um blade trinity oh. <laughs> i mean it, it just Ugh. it's just so uncomfortably wooden and yes this is me with my shirt unbuttoned and i'm going to plank around town whilst a really grumpy wesley snipes kind of tries to you know take me down in in a, a horrendous misfire of a sequel. I mean, you got you got Blade over here, and you, they doubled down in Blade Two. Oh, had yeah. a lot of fun in Blade Two, and then Blade Three, they went, oh, no, let's not. Let's just let's have Rock Dracula wandering around the streets. You know, like getting his grump on. And Make sure have... Ryan Reynolds talks as much as possible. Oh my god! 
the fact that Ryan Reynolds isn't the worst thing about that movie he is. is he, he anyway, the fact, <laughs> the fact that he, that he uh, tries not to be the worst thing about that movie <laughs> is is just speaks to the crap that goes on in it. So yeah. there, uh, and and best worst movie for me <laughs> is um, yeah, John Carpenter's Vampires. I mean, it it is also a very, very, very bad movie on almost every quantifiable level. From the way he shoots it, there are scenes, I think, where you're supposed to see Dracula's using powers and instead you see like James Woods running and then hitting a wall. And it's just really, really clunky in terms of effects, in terms of in terms of acting massively over the top acting um it's got um it's got a, a cast of z-listers supporting uh james woods and it yeah goes, stop trying to make james woods happen John daniel Hunter. baldwin just the best goes, baldwin. Da- daniel baldwin is just, <laughs> just brutally bad in Poor it and steven man oh. like a proper proper tragic character sort of but you just you just laugh at some of his performance anyway but there is something absolutely gloriously entertaining about this bit of nonsense this rock dracula movie with james woods chomping a cigar looking like he's going to have an aneurysm getting so stressed about vampire hunting you know he's he's in there he's they they're going in there they're pinning the the anchor weight they're pulling the nest out they're you know everything's exploding in the background he's chomping on his cigars and getting very stressed that they're not taking (laughs) seriously enough and then Dracula himself comes off. He's swearing at Dracula. He's like, "You call that a cross? This is a cross." I mean, it's it's he he takes it so seriously that you can't help but really get on board with the entertainment factor of this nonsense. But we need we need a '90s cool guy to front this movie. Yeah. James Woods. <laughs> he's he's still in um, the hard way with uh, with Michael J. Fox. He's walked straight off the set in character <laughs> into this movie, and he's come up with like some low rent Z grade Dracula, and he's not having any of him. It's 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 fabulous nonsense. I, I, I will say the hotel room takedown though is. <laughs> It's amazing. There's people getting ripped yes, in they, half. Yes, it's, it's amazing. It is. It is. That is the bit. That's, that's the hotel. The bit. That's the bit where Dracula goes and he starts tearing through. For some reason, James Woods and his group have decided to get really drunk, and all of the women have no clothes on. And he's. They're all getting drunk. They're in Mexico and they're having a ball. They've just taken down some vampires and Dracula turns up and he's tearing through them all. And Dracula has also got powers, but they've got no budget for that. So he's just pushing people around. And all John Carpenter has them do is just has them run into walls. James Woods does a diving shooting across the room and then just ends up in like a chest of drawers for no reason. Like, it doesn't look like Powers did it. Sure, Dracula's waving his hands. It just looks like James Woods was drunk. And he went straight for the chest of drawers. But, um, yeah, it's a phenomenal piece of really, really bad action. Man. Argento and Carpenter were clearly eating the same meals in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, I mean, I would, I, I would say it's one of my most watched Carpenter movies. It makes no sense because it's nowhere near his epic kind of classics. Oh. But... 
It's oh, a uh, lot of entertainment. Just to correct Tom there, Argento made Dracula 3D in 2012. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. None of this 90s excuse. Oh. None, none of this, I was off me bonts on cocaine. None of this excuse. That's well, sad. That, I mean, yes. it could have been. That's, that's sad, isn't it? Could have been Oxy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Vampires, um, done. Should we have a couple nice. of honourable oh. mentions? Oh, sure. Um, the BBC adaptation, 2020, three no. episodes. No, two, that was two, good. Two good episodes. Two good episodes, one poor one. One waste right. of time. I quite like yeah. that. And, of course, we ought to mention Reinfeld because Nick Cage, come on. I mean, Cage. I would say uh, when we were talking about it earlier about why Dracula movies fail, I think that just about sums it up. Nicolas Cage's performance in that is why I think they they couldn't get a lot of Dracula movies right back in the day. Because it is kind of hard to make that character in to the 2000s someone you take seriously. And, and Renfield with Nicolas Cage kind of played to that. But like imagine trying to do a serious movie and having Dracula act like that. There would be a, you know, there would be an element of people going, "Are you taking the piss?" <laughs> you know, it's it's so so that movie really worked in that respect. But I can see a whole host of directors in previous times with failed attempts to try and. I can almost see why they ended up just going, "Forget it, let's have Rock Dracula with his shirt undone." He's <laughs> obviously Dracula. You know, we just can't be doing with this guy who's like with his little fingernails on the staircase and his slick back hair. It's just not, it's not working in 2000. I also semi-enjoyed the Dark Universe movie, the Dracula Untold. Oh! The proto-Dark Universe movie. It, it was it was meant to to lead into it, It was, it? yeah. It's uh, only because you like I, sexy Draculas, Tom. Yeah! <laughs> only I, because... I do love a sexy Dracula. Dracula. It's true. I can't I, get I, enough. I have time for Dracula Untold. I think it's okay. I thought it was going to be I, Frankenstein. I thought it was going to be I, Dracula, and it as wasn't. A bit of, as a bit of, like... Hey, let's let's imagine how how a Dracula yeah. happened. That was okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I had an okay time with it, and uh, yeah, it had a sexy Dracula and dancers <laughs> value for money. He sexy was Dracula. proper Always. proper evil in it. Always, and I also uh, rate uh, Luke Evans. Is it? I think he's pretty good. I think he's, he's okay, especially good in the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think in general he's he's a, a pretty good actor who chooses mm -hmm. some dodgy stuff to be in. Unlike his starring performance in Fast Six, absolutely. As <laughs> right. as the brother of a Cockney with a Welsh accent. <laughs> oh, in this household, we've invented so many Shaw brothers. <laughs> there are so many Shaw brothers. There's Deckard and Owen, and there's uh, Hattie. Billy, there's, Billy also, Bob. there's also Brickard is a new Shaw brother. I don't know. And we, we just give new names. Occasionally, there's a new Shaw brother. I, I don't know. It's mostly about what they drive, but there's so many in the Shaw family now in this household. Really, someone, someone, get me to Hollywood. I can, I can write the next ten. Um, coming soon, we're going to be checking out Poirot's Haunting in Venice at the cinemas. Uh, we're going to be looking at the live action Little Mermaid on Disney Plus because, yeah, someone, someone's we, got to. Yeah, we didn't do it at the cinema, and apparently, 4K is no longer a thing um, for Disney. So. Um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm on 4K, like 
Mark mentioned. We'll probably do the exclusive if we can. Uh, Tom's going to check out Apple's new horror show, Horror. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna Horror Fantasy. Horror, horror yeah. something. Uh, the Changeling. Mm. Um, plus, we're going to have an early look at Studio Canal's upcoming 4K releases of Mark's favorite Cutthroat Island and uh, U571, which is a guilty pleasure. It's all hell for me. Uh, Simon's looking at the Psycho sequels box set. I am. I started today. Nice. Swine. And you've got a soft spot for them, haven't you? Well, They're all good. They're all good. Oh, we're going to come to that in next podcast, <laughs> aren't we? And um, and I'm going to take a look at Criterion's first UK 4K. Scorsese's After Hours, which I've never seen. And it's oh. sitting over there waiting for me to stop talking. It's ace. Um, well, it's looking ace. forward to it. Right. Do let us know if there's anything we've not covered that you think we should check out. That's it for the AV Forums podcast this week. My thanks to the movies team, Simon, Mark and Tom. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please give us a like and subscribe to the channel, plus hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams, product reviews, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark avforums.com for the latest reviews, news, and videos. Plus, why not leave us a six-star rating on whichever <laughs> service you use, if they allow it, but only if you enjoyed the if show. they allow it. <laughs> I'm Kaz Harlow. Thank you for watching and listening, and join us for another podcast soon. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.